What a beautiful name it is. I'm so glad we have this space to worship together. I hope you were able to worship with us, even though we're apart. It's so good to kind of just worship God for who He is and what He has done for us. I'm about to jump into the next message, the last message in our series, A New Space for Rest. Uh, This one is called About Pressure, and I think it's going to be really practical and inspiring to you, and I'm excited about what God's going to do through His Word as we look in Mark chapter 1 and verse 29 through 35. Um, I'm excited about this passage, and uh, while you're flipping there, I just wanted to say one really big thing going on is the leadership of Grace Free Church has decided to, to... end our launch Tremont campaign with this first section that we've been working so hard on. Our goal is to finish this campaign and wrap it all up in August of this summer so that we can fully launch our Tremont location and just get going on the Sunday morning part of the ministry up there. Uh, We got lots of other stuff going on like uh, the youth groups launched, the small groups are launched up there, and, and Shepherd's Tables launched up there, but we are excited about launching our summer services to kick up the rest of this campaign, and we are over 50% done with this campaign. To kick it off, we're starting this campaign called Kids and Coffee. It's a great combo, Kids and Coffee. Would you help support the launch of our Tremont location by picking up some stuff for us on the kids' side of our ministry up there and on the coffee lobby side of our ministry up there. You can check out our scratch-off list at www.gracefreechurch.net slash coffee, or you can just hit the Kids and Coffee button below this video if you're watching at gracefreechurch.live. All right, enough of that. We're jumping into a brand new message about pressure. Let's pray. Dear God, we're so thankful um, for all that you're doing and all that you've done in our lives. We're here from all different kinds of places. Some of us are a little worn out. Others, you know, things have been going okay. Uh, But all of us just need you and need this space to connect with you. Would you encourage our hearts this morning as we focus on your word and Remove all the distractions we have running through our heads. We all feel so much pressure. This message is so important. And we need you to speak to us through your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. About pressure. About pressure. And we're looking at a passage in Mark chapter 1 and starting in verse 29. I just want to read this to start it off. It's a cool story about Jesus recorded in the book of Mark, and um, there's a lot to learn in here about pressure. Pressure always builds, and maybe you feel tired or are worn out because pressure has building, been building in your life. Check this, check this out. It says, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the sun to the home of Simon and Andrew. This is the disciples here with Jesus. They're traveling. They're en route, and they're going to hang out at Simon and Andrew's house. They get there in verse 30. It says, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. He went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, 
and she began to wait on them. Shout out to the mother-in-laws. They are the butt of a lot of jokes, but they are special, special people. I love my mother-in-law. I know some of you don't love your mother-in-laws. Shame on you. This story starts epically with a mother-in-law. And by the way, after the town had heard that mother-in-law was up and serving or healed, I'm not sure which one drew the crowd. The fact that Jesus like grabbed her hand and now she's serving everybody, or if it was the fact that she was healed. Like evening, it says in verse 32, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and all the demon-possessed. Mother-in-law started a riot. Everybody's coming. Everybody's coming for help. Word get around about mom-in-law. Now everybody's showing up to town. It says in verse 33, the whole town gathered at the door. Some of y'all feel like the whole town is gathered and waiting anxiously at your door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, in verse 35, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. The pressure is building, not just on Jesus, but on the disciples here. The pressure is building as word gets around about the healings and the, 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 him casting out demons and setting people free. The buzz is starting to generate. It's starting to generate some action in town. The ministry is taking off. And with it, the pressure and the demand on his life, it builds. Listen, unless you have a good way to deal with pressure in your life, it always builds. Unless you know how to let off the steam, to vent the system a little bit, unless your heart knows how to deal with pressure, it always builds. It builds in your home. It builds in your workplace. It builds in your, in your, in, in your wherever you go, the pressure, it always builds. And this is the toughest part about finding rest for me, because I think that the, the, the pressure and the expectations that come along with the pressure from others, that's what wears me out the most. And, and that's what has me feeling like it doesn't matter what you do, Josh. Maybe you've listened to these last two sermons on finding a new space for rest, and you thought that's great, but it feels like more pressure. Sometimes I know the things I need to do to get rest, to get better, to have my heart find a better place to fix my relationship. I, I know what I need to do, but it feels like just more 
pressure. It keeps building, then it keeps building, and it keeps building, and it makes me think it doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to get better. It doesn't matter how you respond. The pressure's not going to go away. It doesn't matter if I try that thing out I heard in last sermon or preached in last sermon. I'm still not going to find rest. It's because the pressure always builds and it's the pressure and expectations that wear us out and it's the pressure and expectations in life from the people at your work from your kids from school from the soccer coaches from the baseball practices it's the pressure in your life and the expectations whether they're real or imagined that we place on ourselves from others that wear us out the fastest and seem the hopeless to fix. You gotta know how to deal with pressure in your life and the mounting demands that other people place on you. You have to know how to deal with expectations when you imagine them or when they are real expectations placed on you by others so that your heart can find the right place for rest. Listen, there is always a list and there's always a line and there's never enough time. I should be a poet. There's always a list of things you have to do. And isn't it funny how you check things off the list, you check things off the list, you check things off the list, you think you're getting closer to the bottom of the list, but you just find the closer you get to the bottom, the longer the list keeps getting. It's a new week. There's another load of laundry. There's a, a new appointment you got to rush to. There's a new thing you got to drive somebody to. There's another practice scheduled. There's another makeup game on the tee. There's, a, there's a, another person who needs something from you. Another client asking and demanding more and more and more. The list just keeps on growing and the line of people who want something for from you who need something from you it's never diminishing and the thing you don't have enough of is time imagine this right you're in walmart and no one looks like you because you're the only one wearing the little blue vest with the weird button that says i don't know what it says i forget what it says welcome Walmart, have a nice day. You're, you're the only one, imagine, standing at the checkout line behind the counter. As a growing number of people all are ready to check out, life feels like you're in a Walmart, it's packed, and you're the only cashier, and the bag boy just took off. <laughs> oh, man, you, you can feel the pressure from people who are looking and watching you. You feel the demand of people who need something. You're the only one who can get them through. You're the only one who can do it. There's always a line of people. There's always a list of things to do, and there's never enough time. Listen, in this passage, Jesus gives us seven things. 
maybe there's more, I don't know, you, you're smart, you can, maybe you find something different as you read this passage, but I was thinking about pressure and the demand on life and the expectations of others, I thought, man, there's like seven things that just rocked my world and helped me learn how to deal with pressure from Jesus in this moment where he kind of goes off script. I mean, here you are starting a ministry, you, you, things are booming. It's taking off. Isn't this what you wanted? Didn't you want more work? Didn't you want more clients? Didn't you want a big church? Didn't you want to do all these things? Here it's taking off and Jesus, he like checks out for all intents and purposes based on our perception of it. He like skedaddles when everybody's looking for him. He like is off the radar turned the cell phone off. He's not answering emails. People don't know where he went. Nobody can find him. It's like a messed up game of hide and seek where the disciples are all looking for Jesus and struggling to figure out what's going on. Right here when ministry is starting to boom, it's working. Jesus takes off. And there's seven things in this. It's a, it's a, it's a, manual. It's a manifesto for dealing with pressure and the demands that you face on your life. Maybe you're feeling the pressure and the demands. I got seven things for you this morning. Just take some notes, write these down. I think seven things that'll help you deal with the pressure in your life, the demand in your life. It does matter what you do. You don't have to feel the pressure. You can just start to practice these simple things Jesus does to help you deal with the pressure in life. Ready? Number one, know your limits. Know your limits. Here's what's absolutely incredible about this passage. You have a limitless God, Jesus, who has taken on human form. That's, that's Jesus, God's perfect revelation to us. The Son of God Emmanuel, God with us, he is 100% divine. He is 100% God, and he has taken on 100% human flesh for us, and he knows the limits of his humanity. It says in Colossians 1.17, talking about Jesus, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And yet when it came to meeting the demands of people, it doesn't say, it says the whole town gathered. It says they brought him all the sick and all the demon possessed. And then it says he healed many, not all. He didn't heal all of the people. He didn't cast out all of the demons. He didn't fix the whole town. Yet you're still trying to fix your whole town and your whole life all by yourself. What's absolutely incredible about this is the limitless God took on human flesh and called the time out because he knew the limits of his flesh. And yet you don't want to admit your limits. You can't do everything. Stop trying. You can't please everyone. Stop trying. You're right when you say, I, I can't keep up. You're right. You can't. And it's okay. 
The list is overwhelming. You feel overwhelmed. You should. It's a long list. You need a break. I, I know you think if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. Okay, then it's not going to get done. People will survive. It'll be okay. You need to take a break and know your limits. You have them. Stop acting like you don't. Stop trying to run past them. You're so exhausted and worn out. Number one, know your limits. Jesus, if he was perfect, he was perfect. He was God. The limitless God who was before all things and holds all things together in his humanity knew his limits. You have to know your limits. The second thing I think is so incredible is he just made space. He made space. I love that it says very early in the morning. I love that, and I'm not even, I'm not even a morning person. Very early in the morning, he got up and he made space. Maybe there wasn't enough time to make space when everybody else was awake. He knew that when those disciples were up, they would be stirring about, annoying him with whatever thing they had to annoy him with, bothering him with too many questions. How many of y'all have to deal with that? I know people in my house have to deal with that because I'm always asking too many questions like of stuff I already should know. Like he's, he's asked, They would be scurrying up. They'd be walking around, you know. Know, like there'd be the knocks on the door and somebody's sick mother and mother-in-law's up like making breakfast for anybody and he would have no time to think, no time. So he made time and you have to make time for you. Jesus made time for him to connect with his father in heaven. This trinity that had been in perfect unity and you have to make some time for you. Now, before you all think, well, that's a very humanistic thing to say. One is, don't shrug it off. You need to make some time for you. You need to make some time for your head to get clear. You need to make some time for your body to get healthy. You need to make some time for your heart to find the right place, to get your thoughts in line and together. But most importantly, you need to make time for your soul. And making time for your soul is about finding a quiet, distractionless place for you to just connect with a God who loves you, for you to talk to him and listen for him, for you to turn off all the noise and just worship him and read about him. You need to make time for you, for your head, for your body. For all the things God has given you and created you and made you to be, you need to make some time for you. And most importantly, you need some time for your soul to be cared for. Because without your spirit and soul being in the right place, your body and your mind, it's all just going to be playing catch up. Number three. The third way to deal with pressure and demands and the expectations of others. The third way is be okay disappointing some people. That's a tough one to swallow if you love to please people. All the introverts in the house, they just said, amen, preach it, brother. You, you introverts, you're watching this alone somewhere, and you are like, bout 
time. All of you extroverts are like, oh no, I can't. I have to make everybody happy. I have to please everybody. Listen, if Jesus is okay disappointing some people, then you should be okay disappointing some people. I know what you need. You just need permission. Take, don't take permission from me. Take permission from Jesus. He modeled it. There's a whole lot of people standing at the door. Their needs were the most important things to them. It was a really big deal. They would have left some of their so crushed and disappointed. Their only hope for healing, their only hope for their kids left empty at that door as Jesus snuck out and then moved on. You have to be okay disappointing people. You have to be okay knowing that that you can't make everybody happy anyway. That their source for hope should not be found in you. It should be found in God. Since Jesus knew that he was there for them and his father was there for them. Jesus was able to disappoint people and was okay with disappointing some people because he knew ultimately what God's plan was for all people. Be okay disappointing some people. Number four, I think we're on number four right now, is this. Don't sacrifice what's important at the tyranny of what's urgent. I forget who that quote goes to. I know Eisenhower's got some stuff on that. I know there's a book written in the 1960s. Uh, Forget the dude's name. You'll have to look it up. I don't want to plagiarize anybody's thoughts. I just know that wherever that quote actually came from, it's the quote that my dad has been telling me my entire time in ministry. And as we brought up this, this thing, it came back to us again as we were working on this. Don't Don't suffer, this is the quote, don't suffer the tyranny of the urgent at the cost of what's important. Jesus, he doesn't suffer at the urgent demands that were on his time and his space, the the people knocking on the door. There's always something that presents itself as urgent that's not most important. In fact, that book in 1960s, I'm going to have to find it now. Somebody's going to have to find it and post it somewhere. Yeah, I think it's a business book. The whole idea and concept of that is that the urgent and the important are usually in contention with each other. They're not the same thing. But you have a list of urgent demands people are giving you there's urgent things you have to take care of there's urgent things that need your attention right now and my guess is that if you are suffering at the hand of the urgent things that pop into your day pop into your week the most important stuff gets sacrificed you know what gets sacrificed for me time preparing these messages because there's always somebody who needs to talk to me there's always somebody who needs me to pray for them there's always somebody that needs me to let me know what's going on in their life there's there, and don't stop i'm glad you guys share those things with me but on my week to week i have to protect what's most important at the sacrifice of what seems to be urgent and what i find out is what seemed to be urgent really wasn't that urgent at all. I don't need to be the Savior for everybody. Jesus is. I don't need to dance my life to the beat of whatever pops up that seems really urgent 
right now. Most of the stuff I think needs to be done right now can be done later. The most important stuff needs my attention and focus right now. What's most important? Time with your kids? What's most important? Time with God? What's most important right now? Taking care of your heart, your soul, your mind? Maybe you don't even know what's most important. You've lost it because you've just been going through your week dancing and getting worn out at all the seemingly urgent things that pop up. Yeah, step back, realign yourself with what's most important, and acknowledge that what seems urgent usually isn't. Very few things that present themselves to you in a day or a week as urgent actually are. Maybe a few things a year that present as urgent are actually urgent. See through the pressure. That's number five. We're cruising through these right now. We got five, six, and seven, so I'm going to go quick. Number five is see through the pressure. Did you catch what the disciples say after this little game of hide and seek where they found Jesus? Did you catch what they said? They said, everyone is looking for you. That's what it feels like, right? When people, people always bring the pressure like that. The, the people in your life that bring the pressure, they bring it like that. They're always like, everyone, Josh, is mad about this thing at church. It's not, you want to know a secret? It's not everyone. Maybe it's like two people. Most of the time, it's just the person telling me it's everyone. <laughs> Like, everyone needs you to be at that booster meeting. Everyone needs you to take care of this fundraiser thing. Everyone needs you to make these phone calls. Everyone needs you to get back to them this week, this moment, this day. Every one of the clients is mad about this. Every one of the jobs coming up needs the job done right now. Everyone, really, see through the pressure in your life. Not only is not everything urgent, the pressure is often exaggerated. Everyone isn't everyone. It's a few people. At this point, it's the disciples. The rest of the town probably isn't even awake yet. Mom-in-law probably doesn't even have the bacon done cooking yet. It's not everyone. It's a few people. You have to see through the pressure. Everyone isn't everyone. Don't be, don't be dancing to the drama in your life either. The drama that makes it feel like it's everyone and it's got to be right now. It's not. See through the pressure. Some of the pressure in your life is imagined. Some of the pressure in your life isn't imagined. It's coming from real people about real things, but it's exaggerated. Time to step back. Look at the pressure you feel and see through it for what it actually is. Do you really have to do this thing right now? Is it really all of those people? Is the demand really that urgent? Does it have to be this week? See through the pressure. A am I imagining this or not? Number six, know your why. And number seven, do it often. We're going to wrap this up in a minute. Know your why. You see, Jesus knew his why. His purpose was central he taught that he was here. He communicated his why. He was not shy about why he was here or why he was doing the things he was doing. It was God here on mission, on purpose, intentional. Jesus knew his why. 
So when they say everybody is looking, Jesus says, let's go somewhere else. Talk about disappointing answer. What do you mean? We're not going to, we got a big church right here. We're not going to deal with this big church right here. Everybody loves us. This is great, man. We're having a party. Mother-in-law serving everybody up some, some steak and eggs. You know, like why we got to go somewhere else? Jesus says, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. You see, he was okay with disappointing people, with making space, with knowing the limits. He was okay with seeing through the pressure and the urgency because he knew his why, his purpose. What's your why? I mean, what's the, what's the reason you're here, the purpose God's given you? Listen, generally speaking, everybody has one. Like, you don't know where to start. Start with loving God and loving others. That's the purpose of all of us. That's why we're all here. He's gifted us and given us talents to love God and love others. So if you don't know, take it a step deeper and just know this. Like, your giftedness, your purpose, it's given to you to help other people and to be a demonstration of your love for God. So just do what you love to do as best as you can for, to help others. Just do what you're passionate about as best as you can and let it help others and you will be living in your purpose but you got a why this week that God's given you you got a why for today why does he have you where he has you maybe it's to raise some amazing kids through some difficult circumstances maybe it's to help a neighbor maybe it's I don't know your why but you need to know your why because it gives clarity to absolutely everything else know your why you have purpose and you have meaning and and your why is important and if you're stuck it's because you have forgotten your why if if you're if you're feeling like you're sidelined it's because you've missed your why if you're feeling like you're missing something or some, you're it's because you, you you're not focused on your why don't miss out when you start living your why out loud your life becomes so full of purpose and meaning and you can see how god uses you and then the last thing to wrap it all up is he did it often this wasn't just a one-time thing where he disappointed some people disappeared for a little while made time for himself this wasn't just a one-time thing where he knew the limits of his humanity it wasn't a one-time thing where he was okay uh, where he was not sacrificing the most important for the tyranny of the urgent it wasn't a one-time thing it says in luke 5 16 but jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray listen i hope you can build some new habits take some new permission and how to deal with the pressure and the demands and the expectations of others on your life. And most importantly, I hope you learn how to live like Jesus because he has got the best for you. And his way is full of joy and hope and peace and rest. I hope you'll follow him because if you follow him, he will lead you beside quiet waters. He will lead you to new green pastures in life. He loves you and he is for you. And by the way, we are for you too. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful. Um, that you offer such help for our souls. You know, I pray we would apply some of this stuff to our life and our relationships this week, that we would 
most importantly, see you in all of it, find space for you, make space for you so that our souls can be right because we know when our souls are right, everything else, it just falls into place. Thanks for meeting us right where we are, for loving us as we are. We so need you. In Jesus' name, amen.